0: On the agenda today, we're talking about the ins and outs of college.
1: Welcome to the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. Here at NL Pulse, our mission is to help teens and young adults understand themselves, others, and the world in which they live. We're your hosts, Peter and Rachel, and we are so glad that you're joining us today. And today we are talking about college. Both Peter and I have attended college. Um, we, I haven't been to college. I mean, I graduated five years ago. Peter, what's your college status these days? Have you graduated? You have, right?
0: Right. I went to so- college Back in the day, um, I graduated from college in 2005, but then I went back to school again in 2017 and graduated this last summer, so.
1: Yes, yes, I knew that you, yeah, I knew that you had gone prior and then that you were back and then, yeah, you did graduate this summer. I remember that now, congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So we're gonna talk about our experiences and it's gonna be really interesting to hear your experiences, Peter, going from like, um, like a decade apart from each other, like what, how much has changed. Um, And then uh, we're gonna talk about like our experiences, some tips on what to expect and like what you should be taking advantage of or what is available to you. And then we'll talk about some other stuff like is college the right decision for you? How and what are the financial um, stipulations tied along to it? Because that sadly is a huge factor in whether or not somebody pursues higher education. But yeah, so we're just going to go ahead and jump into it. And um, Peter, you kind of got into your college experience, but do you want to go a little bit more in depth? Um, Where did you attend college and what did you pursue the first time and what brought you back the second time?
0: Yeah, so I'll just come right out and say it. I graduated from from high school back in 2001. Mm -hmm. So that, again, that dates me a little bit, but that's okay. I'm not ashamed of that. Yeah, um, so I graduated in two thousand and one. I started. I started college that following fall. Um, I went to NDSU, and when I first started college, I I went in knowing that I was going to go into criminal justice. And I was, I had this whole thing planned out, my five and 10 year plans planned out when I was 18 years old, that I was going to mm-hmm. go to NDSU for criminal justice. I was going to get my degree there. And then I was going to go to UND for forensics for, for my master's program. I had this whole mm-hmm. thing planned out. Well, mm-hmm. it, it only took about two semesters for me to realize that that wasn't the path that I should go down. Um, not for any reason in particular, other than I, I realized that I wasn't nearly as interested in it as I thought I was going to be. Mm-hmm. And um, thinking a little bit more about that world of criminal justice, I honestly, looking back on it now, I honestly realized that I don't think I had the stomach for it either. Sure. Um, it's it's a hard world to live in. I mm-hmm. commend those people that go into criminal justice and become police officers or any any sort of occupation within that realm because it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's, uh, I, I, I don't even know. I can't even imagine how tough it might actually be. But right. what I did end up doing was I changed my major a couple of times before I landed on what I actually graduated with. Mm-hmm. I, I, I switched to sociology and then I switched to psychology and then I went to work at a summer camp uh, when, the following summer and I realized that I want to kind of do this for my career, work outside, work with kids. So I completely changed everything I was doing, and i I started I switched my major to recreation management. Mm-hmm. And that's what I ended up graduating with was recreation management. Now it seems like a weird degree kind of niche. But I've, I was able to use it in a lot of different ways over the, the following 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but just talking about those college years, what a weird transition that is going from high school when you're still relying on your parents for a lot of definitely, things to definitely. being by your not by yourself, but you're, you're more responsible for yourself than you've ever been.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I pointed out in so Peter and I, before the podcast that we're recording today, we made some notes and before we started recording, um, have talked a little bit about what we wanted to include. And that I feel like allo- goes into like my first point that I feel like I took advantage of um, when I went to college. And I think more people should take advantage of if they're not already. Um, Remember that it's a it's a bizarre (laughs) and abrupt transition, whether you're going to college um, or you're just moving out of the house for the first time. Um, Make make sure to if you have an established relationship with them, talk to your parents and your family, like if you have siblings too, like that's a huge change for them as well. Um, and like your mom and dad um, or whatever familial structure you have, they want to know that you are safe and happy and having a good time um, and on top of your game just so that they know that their young adult is thriving, that you're doing well, you're their, you're their person, you're their kid. So no matter how old you are, they're always their kid. So, and they... I don't know. Maybe you felt this too, Peter. Like, I personally have an extremely healthy relationship with my parents. I'm an only child. Um, so I'm really close with my mom and dad. I talk to them almost every single day. Um, and they've always been the type of parents that are parents first and then friend and confidant second. But after I went to college, and probably more so, honestly, after I turned 21, our relationship changed in terms of like, I feel I'm 27 now going to be 28 next month. But once I got into my 20s, it turned into a relationship where like, I felt like I could truly be and I knew I always could be. But at this stage, it's like, I am really forthcoming with everything that's going on in my life. And again, that's a testament to the relationship I have. I understand not everybody has that. Um, But I realized once I moved out of the house, and once um, I started, like, establishing myself separately outside of the home and in college. My relationship with my parents changed because they kind of started to take me... It, it it was a rite of passage into getting into conversations that we probably never would have had before. Um, and my parents became... Not that they weren't understanding. They're very understanding people. If you're listening to this, mom and dad, you're really understanding. But, like, they there was a whole new appreciation that I had for them. And I think an appreciation that they had for me seeing me go into adulthood and like see the product of their work in raising me where I could talk to them about, you know, subjects that like 18 plus year olds talk about, like, Oh, my friends are partying or these people are choosing to do this. I'm doing this instead. Um, or I want to try this out, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's a really cool if you like I said, if you have that relationship with your parents or your families, it's a really cool place to be in and I would definitely take advance advantage of their wisdom and their guidance because at some point in their lives they moved out too and they experienced a whole new world. It might have been thirty plus years before you did it, but they definitely have experience in what it's the general feelings of what it's like.
0: And you might be like me, where neither of my parents went to college, mm-hmm. they're still gonna have an entire lifetime's worth of knowledge to help you out for those things that aren't necessarily related to college, but... Right, you know, just you know,
1: being on your own. Quote being of, on your own, your own. Yeah. yeah,
0: life lessons. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
1: Definitely. So, Peter, you you established that you went to college mm-hmm. right out of high school and then went out and did your thing and then you what prompted you into wanting to go back and what did that process look like and how do you feel now that you've completed it a second time around
0: well so <clears throat> i spent a lot of time i right out of college the first time i moved out to new york city and let me just, i didn't
1: know that wow yeah
0: let me just cool. so i was a, a kid from small town, North Dakota, the town that Mm -hmm. I grew up in didn't have more than 250 people in it, I believe. Mm -hmm. So to transition from that to Fargo was already overwhelming. Right. You you know, go from a town of 250 to a re area that has around 200,000 people in it, if you factor in Fargo, West Fargo and Moorhead, complete change. But then to go from college to your first job being in queens mm-hmm. or just outside of queens on long island mm-hmm. um, that was that was a huge culture shock as well
1: i can't even imagine going from like buxton to <laughs> e-
0: exactly <laughs> exactly it was wow i i never in a million years would have thought that my first job out of college was going to be to to move out to new york
1: yeah that's um, so cool.
0: Yeah, I, I worked as a program assistant for, for a summer camp that I had worked at the previous couple of summers. And mm-hmm. I stayed out there for a number of months. I didn't stay out there very long because the, the culture shock was a little bit too much for me. Mm-hmm. So I moved back and then I, moved, then I did some random things around the area. I worked at Boys and Girls Clubs, the YMCA, different things like that. But then I moved out to Washington State
1: Mm-hmm.
0: where I was a summer camp director, assistant director, and then um, events director, and then I became the, the camp director. But again, it goes back to what we were talking about a little bit before. Your, your parents and that support system are so vitally important to your success um, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And, and over the time that I was out in Washington State, I didn't really have that established out there. So again, I had to move back because I needed a stronger support system than I had, but it ended up being a blessing in disguise. Because as soon as I moved back, I started working as a literacy tutor for the Minnesota Reading Corps, mm. and I did that for three years. And that was the impetus to that convinced me to go back to school for elementary education.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that brings us up to 2017, where I just I make that decision, and I I don't know if it's. Actually, I kind of, there's, there's statistics that say that your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that makes long-term decision-making but also controls a lot of other aspects about your thought process, doesn't get developed in, fully until your mid-20s. Right. And I can tell a huge difference between going to school, going to college at 18, and going to college in my mid-30s. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's a completely different experience when you're, when you're 18 than it is when you're 34.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I say that to my friends all the time. And I'm at a point in my life where it's like, I mean, I've ever since I really graduated college. So for background on me, I, similar to Peter graduated high school, went directly into like a bachelor's undergraduate program, um, went to Concordia college in Moorhead um as soon as I graduated and you know it's so funny because I one of the biggest reasons I chose Concordia I kind of always knew that I was going to go there because I just had like a vibe like it very much fit like my vibe as a person and that it was like foundation of faith but still like expanding in terms of um broadening horizons to the world and like diversity and blah 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 but yet it was in Fargo and so that was close enough for home for me to be to feel comfortable to kind of have my first step outside and Fargo is about two and a half hours from where I grew up so that felt great to me but I also chose Concordia because no one else in my high school or no one else from school had gone there in the last 10 years or was planning on going there anytime soon. So I was like, perfect. Can still be in Fargo. Don't have to see any of you. Not that I disliked them, but growing up in a small town, I had a class of 14 people. I was ready for some new faces. I was ready for some new, some new people. And I was super happy with my decision to go there and super happy um, with my college experience. I loved going to Concordia. I miss college a lot. I miss learning. I've I was always a good student in high school and college, but I say all the time, um, kind of to piggyback off of what you were saying, Peter, about what the difference is between um, you as a student right away after you were fresh from high school versus now or up until recently when you graduated. I cannot even imagine how much better at school I would be as a 27 year old. Like
0: it's, it's night and day.
1: It's like, seriously, and maybe it's because I felt like I mean, since graduating college, I've always had a full-time job where I have responsibilities and like money is dependent on those responsibilities and like all that type of stuff. Um, So maybe that's a factor, but there's just something about like my attention span and like the work that I produce where it's like, man, I really wish that I could go back and try that again. And maybe I will, like, maybe I will do a master's program someday um, or something, but also drastic career change or change in what you wanted to do like you were talking about peter for me something similar i went into college thinking that i wanted to do broadcast journalism and then when i was a freshman i think it was even the first semester of my freshman year of college there was kind of like a scandal going on in fargo moorhead this is about 2011-2012 um, where a relatively or an extremely well-known female news anchor was being fired um, for her age <laughs> and that kind of led me down to a road of realizing like that industry there have been since me too and everything there have been so many strides made in the journalism world and like the right. media world um but leading up to that point I was like oh i'm going to do this i want to work in sports. I want to blah, blah, blah. And then this whole like ageism suit came out against one of the broadcasters in Fargo. And that led me down a rabbit hole of like, oh, it's not unusual for women to get fired once they reach a certain age because of like, they, these media conglomerates want to meet like market appeal which is really really gross and icky and like right. sexual harassment and all this type of stuff and also you make almost no money which that's i mean i work for a nonprofit now and i'm paid fine but it's, it's never been about the money for me but like to be treated poorly and not make a ton of money that was like yep i don't want to deal with that <laughs> putting that dream away like that's cool but it's not really for me so then from that point i thought you know i love reading I love researching, I love um, like the written word specifically when it comes from like an argumentative and educational standpoint. Maybe I should get serious about wanting to pursue law. So I switched from a multimedia journalism major to um, political science and business, which is what I graduated with, with the intention until the last semester, second to last semester of my college career to go to law school and then I decided in 2015, was graduating in May, probably that fall. I was taking a sociology class, and one of the professors had said something or was asking what we seniors were going to be doing with our lives post graduation. <clears throat> and I, at the time, was also taking a class that was focused on nonprofit fundraising, which, spoiler alert, which is what I do now. Yeah. Um, and I, For some reason, just had this feeling where when it got to me, I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to be an attorney. Like, I said, I was like, you know, I think I really want to work for a nonprofit in some capacity. And he was like, well, he's like, that's such a problem. Like, more women need to realize that they really can need to find power in commerce and legislation. So I would really ask you to, like, question that and think if you can really make the changes you wanna make in the nonprofit sector. And I was like, super taken aback. And I was like, well, watch me. Like, I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna do that. Because I realized then too, like in that nonprofit, those nonprofit courses, having a background with Northern Lights, and um, churches and other groups that I was involved in in college, like there's so much less red tape involved in nonprofit work, which Peter, you're working off of a grant right now. So you know that there's still red tape. But there's so much less red tape when it comes to making positive, effective change, especially at a local level. And I think we can all say that we've seen nonprofits make global and national level effective change as well. But there's just so much more effective change starting at nonprofits that ever could happen with, with um, legislation and commerce, because that's a whole other can of worms. Right. And so I thought to myself and I knew myself, knew myself like this is what I want to do. I like finance. I like using those argumentative skills. I like using the utilizing those um, those parts of my brain. And I know I can do it well. So I want to pursue this. And it all fell together and it was great. Um, And it's worked out for me. I've been out of college for five years and I've been steadily working as a nonprofit development professional ever since. So it's been awesome. Um, that going to say one of the points that we talked about before, Peter, was your comments about um, and this will be maybe I should have saved this for the end, but. It's OK to change just to change what it is you want to do. And I think a lot of people feel like, especially now, like Gen Z folks are so organized and so thinking about money because everything like they grew up where they were kids during the recession in 2008. Right. Like mm-hmm. I was also a kid, but like they were like really impacted by it because they were little, little kids. Um I just wanna say that yes, financial things and financial aspects and like cause some people every person I met in Gen Z who's a Gen Z college student right now is like trying to graduate in like two years, three years. Right. Yep. But right. it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way necessarily if you're gonna end up doing something that you want to do, and college is supposed to be about exploration of yourself and what you want to do, and Peter, you proved beautifully that just because you graduate one time with a specific thing doesn't mean you have to do that thing forever. There's ways to figure it out. Right. I don't know if you have any insight, any more additional insight on that, like when it comes to changing your major or career path or anything, like what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, well one thing I'll add to that Is that college is one Small part In a much larger story of your life mm-hmm. But It isn't necessarily Just about trying to find How do I want to word this Sometimes It's more important to find the things That you don't want to do
1: Yes. 100%. Than to
0: find And then land on the thing that you do want to do I know that that's exactly what I found out my first time around in college is that I realized that the criminal justice world is something that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I learned that and had the patience to figure out what it was that I didn't want to do and use that time to figure it out. And mm-hmm. for, fortunately the, the the chips landed where they did to allow me to have that moment of exploration Right. To figure out that recreation management was the direction that I wanted to go.
1: Right. And there are so, like, my biggest thing is that you see lists of, like, the top college majors for the top earning capacity in such and such a year. Um, I'm just going to say right now, if you're listening to this and you're a high school senior or you're someone who is going back to college or something, the best teachers... We know this as a, like, you probably have a better idea of it, Peter, because you have an education background, but the best teachers never just teach to the test. Like, they teach you life skills, they teach you, um, like, beyond what, the bare minimum that you just need to know. So don't look at a list of what the top positions are and what the top job opportunities are and think like, you know, I'm okay at math, or like math has always been my best subject. I don't necessarily enjoy it, but because of this list that I saw, like working in coding is the best option, and my aptitude says I'm best at in this area, and my parents think it's a good idea, and my guidance counselor thinks it's a good idea. That's what I'm going to do. You don't have to do that. Like you let yourself fall in love with or figure out what it is you actually like doing. And honestly, I know that the job market is getting more and more competitive each day because things are getting more and more specialized, but there are so many skills that I took away with such a broad degree, like political science, that I probably could have learned in another area as well, but like everything, your college experience in general, whether it's life skills, educational skills, whatever, I'm not qualified to be an accountant or anything like that, obviously, but There are so many different things that I could do based off of the broad skills that I could learn. So if you don't feel like limiting yourself to a certain area, especially I just can't imagine. I don't want 18 year olds to think that they have to do that now. Like, and maybe it's been your dream to work in computers forever. It's that's so not my wheelhouse. I'm more of a creative person and analytical person on like the literary and like that type of side not the numbers and binary side but don't feel like you have to limit yourself to a certain area just because this is what the job market is telling you and this is what like your friends and family and guidance counselors are telling you you have time to figure it out and then on top of that too sorry i'm going on for a while
0: oh no that's fine goes
1: into this kind of goes into the finance discussion i think that when I don't know. I would assume that, especially growing up in small town, North Dakota, like I did, Peter, um, there was kind of this expectation and almost expectation that if you could, if you're smart enough, and that's in quotes, or um, could afford it, and that's also in quotes, you would automatically go to a four-year
0: school. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. That's not for everybody. And I... (laughs) think that if you don't even know if you want to go to college at all, think about two-year technical colleges. And if you're a really money-motivated person, the return on investment for like trades is way higher than the return on investment immediately for four-year degrees. So <clears throat> I feel like technical schools and like two-year schools were really stigmatized when I was in high school and when I was growing up, which the back then I was like, that's kind of weird. Like I knew for me, because I, am, I love school and I love writing papers and I love reading and stuff, I knew for me that my best education would come from a four-year school. And like I said, I went to school for political science. So like, I knew that was the best route for me, right. but um, there are so many, especially here in North Dakota and Minnesota and South Dakota, so many quality, trusted, accredited two-year programs and that you don't have to stop there if you don't want to. Um, that's just something that I've, that I've always been frustrated with, um, in that we have as a society often expect like these young people to make a really quick decision in the grand scheme of things to determine the rest of their life financially and professionally.
0: I was going to go back to something that you said earlier about Mm -hmm. these, the, these Gen Zers and and other people we don't want to put We don't want to create that box and put everyone in that one box, but Mm -hmm. people that want to just try and fly through their college experience to get into the workforce as quickly as possible. um, There is something about the college experience that is very important that you might not get if you try and do it that way. And I'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do, but... some of my best friends that i have to this day and some of the best experiences that i have to this very day are things that i wouldn't have gotten and relationships that i wouldn't have made if my mentality was let's fly through this in two years
1: yes a hundred percent
0: so my suggestion would be allow yourself the time to make those relationships to make those memories because you you never know what kind of experience is going to come out of uh, out of that. What kind mm-hmm. of memories you're going to have from that experience?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something to be said to same all of my most well. I shouldn't say all, but the majority of my closest and best friends um, are people from college. And you know there can be something to be said about even if you choose not to go to college, if that's not right for you. There's some, the part of your life when you're 18 years old from the time you're like 20, in your early twenties, it's so vital to figure out who you are as a person on your own. And so if you're thinking that you don't want to go to college or you don't want to go to like traditional college, if you want to go to like a trade school or like a cosmetology school where it's structured a little bit differently, you're still in that learning environment but it's structured a little bit differently where you might have to find your own like living accommodation stuff. I think everybody from 18 to 22 should try and have like live among people your own age and figure out and navigate that. Like yeah. everyone has to go through, a. I personally think everyone should have to go through a phase where you have to figure out how you're gonna pay your bills, budgeting. Someone ate my food, but my name was on it. <laughs> like resolution like that, you know? And like your laundry is everywhere. You have to deal with that. Like there's so much. So on top of the actual education that's happening when you're in college, but those part of those years to figure out how to cohabitate with people, realize like, oh, I just can't like swipe my debit card and get everything I need right now. That's weird. How do I figure that out? Do am I able to balance a job among the other things that I'm doing? Um, Figuring out friends and relationships. And there's just something to be said about that period of time. I know myself personally. I know a lot of people who have been really successful in just making that transition from high school to adulthood. I needed college to grow up. Like I was very naive. I was very naive to the world. Like I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't know anything, but I needed to have like a stable dorm room. I needed to have a dining center. I needed to have all the type of stuff to help me transition into like full fledged adulthood.
0: Right. I, and I needed those things, but I also wanted those things.
1: Like, yes, I did too. I did
0: too. You know, um, and when I went back again for the second time, there was a part of me, like I knew that there were certain aspects about college life that I just wasn't going to get this time or the mm-hmm. second time around because mm-hmm. I'm older. You're not going to be living on campus, which is perfectly mm-hmm. fine. But the, the camaraderie, the group projects, okay the, you know, going to eat in the dining hall every once in a while, all these little Mm -hmm. things that for me sparked really strong memories of my time in the past going to school. Mm -hmm. They're all super important things to me that, again, if I would have tried to fly through it and I wouldn't have taken the time to really learn as much as I possibly could, I wouldn't have those things today.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that hits on an important, we're talking a lot about the things that you have to figure out and like the result of putting yourself out there um in terms of eating in the dining hall and group projects and stuff like that like there are tons of people that are part of if you choose a traditional college experience and I mean that in terms of four-year and two-year degrees or trade school or whatever it is um in in that environment but along with your peers there are so many caring and intelligent and wonderful adults that can help and will help you guide um, guide you on that pro in that process as well Um, I worked my senior year of college I worked in the registrar's office at Concordia and it was a really fun experience really fun job for me and it wasn't really until my senior year of college I'm a very like do-it-yourself type of person I'm really terrible about putting things on myself that don't necessarily have to be on me and as I get older, I'm really learning that. Um, Like I don't very often ask for help, but I'm the first person to ask somebody else if they need help or if they wanna talk things through if they need guidance. Really toxic, if you do that, try and figure it out because it's not, it doesn't serve you. Like obviously always be helpful to other people, but especially when you're in college, you might be scared or you might be ashamed that you might need help with like your homework or figuring out how you're gonna pay for school or figure out like, I'm taking these classes that are on like this certain track for my major, but I don't know if I'm really interested in that. Your your campus, whatever type of program you're going into, they have tons of people that can help you with that. And you're not, I guarantee you're not the most extreme scenario Um, But at the same time, you might not be the most mild scenario, and they're professionals that know how to help you. Right. Um, So when you're going into your college experience, if you're in your college experience now, take advantage of um, the people in your Advancement Center, in your registrar's office. And your registrar's office, if you don't know, is like that's where you go to figure out and register for classes and go figure out like, oh, I need my transcript or I need my diploma to like verify something for like a job or a scholarship. and that's basically who like monitors and like sees oversees your GPA and helps you like figure out credits and everything like that. Um, so talk to somebody in your registrar's office. Talk to somebody. Talk to your advisor. If you've never been to college before, you're always assigned a faculty advisor to help you not only ensure that you're getting the c- proper credits that you're going in that you are needed for the major that you're choosing but also to like talk to you about your career options and talk to you about life in general. Like these people live, breathe college, university every single day. They've seen it all. And so take advantage of those people. And then on top of that as well, if you're struggling in classes or you're struggling, um, again, just in general too, these are people who have seen it all. Every professor, every instructor that you have will have designated office hours. Where anyone can go in and like have a conversation, varying from life or your grades or um, their what how they feel about your involvement in the course or you, what you want to do with your life. Um, take advantage of those times. I definitely did not take advantage enough when I was in college because I was scared. Because in high school, I I basically did all my homework every day if I even had any in like 30 minutes. Right. So I wasn't used to like, oh, I would probably get a better grade on this paper. I got a B, but had I known like (laughs) I could go in and ask how I could get an A and my professor would virtually have told me if I would have taken advantage of those office hours and everything. So don't, the worst thing you can do, or if you're choosing not to go to college, there are resources too. like the worst thing that you can do post graduation from high school or being out on your own is putting yourself into a box and being an island. Like right, just exactly. you're an introvert, just cause you might be an introvert, you might like to be, you know, kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a lone wolf or like a wanderer. Maybe you vary from friend group to friend group, or you are really independent. That does, there's a big difference between that and being an island. Like don't cut yourself off from things that could really help you.
0: Right. One thing I'll add to that in terms of like the people who are in college to support you. Mm-hmm. I, and I was a tutor for many years. Mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed is if you need help getting through classes with your homework and different things, please, please, please use the academic assistance programs that are available yes. on campus, the tutoring, those, those different things. I've seen it too many times, both back when I went to NBSU and this time around at MSUM in the last couple of years too many people have too much pride and they think if they can't do it themselves and that means that they shouldn't be doing it at all Mm -hmm. and those services are there to help you it's it's you shouldn't have any shame for needing help working through classes it's it's it can be tough and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff going on in your life right now and um use the services that are there I mean when you go to college those tutoring services are free you don't need to pay anything extra right
1: Right. Yeah, that's a big thing, too. I, I mean, I think I'm just speaking for myself, but please chime in. Like you said, Peter, um, growing up in a small going to a smaller school in North Dakota where. I don't even know how to phrase it, because it's a like I would not trade my small town education for anything, but we I feel like are, have no idea if you were a semi decent student in high school. You have no idea what a university academic setting means, even right. if you're at the top of your class. Like, it means, it doesn't have to mean a ton of work for you. It doesn't have to mean, like, you know, up until 3 a.m. nights for yourself, anything like that. But it is a lot more involved than we realize. Like I said, in high school, I finished my homework every day in like 30 minutes right. because that's mm-hmm. what I was. I'm not saying I was above the academic level or anything. It was just a completely different experience. Whereas I would have to spend nights reading hundreds of pages or writing, you know, 600 word limit or limit or maximum papers, whatever that wasn't an expectation or that wasn't an experience I had in high school. So even if you feel like you can accomplish it, like, Oh, I know I can write 600 words but are they the quality of words that you really want or is right. this like actually the product you want to deliver? Just cause you can do it. Does not mean that you're doing it correctly? Do you know what I mean? And I Absolutely. think you totally hit it with like, that's why these tutors are there and that's why these advancement people are there to like, even though you can do it, it doesn't mean you're necessarily doing it to your best ability. Cause you don't even know what that means yet.
0: Yep. And being a tutor for a couple of years, I could see, people being nervous about the fact that they were in college, but needed help. But then as soon as they realized what it was that we were trying to do as tutors, they lost some of that nervousness that they felt and some of that apprehension that they felt about. I mean, I heard a number of times over the, over the years of being a tutor that people would try to talk themselves out of college just because they thought that they couldn't do it. And they were, they were Mm -hmm. doing it. They were doing it. They just, They couldn't look, they couldn't see the forest from the trees. Mm -hmm. So so just take the time, use the resources, you'll get there.
1: Yeah. And from the financial aspect too, like there are so many, again, resources that I didn't think about or I felt like I didn't have to worry about from the financial side because I knew what my plan was from college for very, very financially from very early on. But if you are someone who feels like you really want to go to college or university or anything, you should personally, to figure out a plan, talk to your guidance counselor at school. And if you feel like your guidance counselor, it's because it's, I know that it's hit or miss. Mine was exceptional. And I talked to other friends that I've had whose guidance counselors were pretty questionable. But if you feel like you can't talk to them, talk to somebody. It might be kind of intimidating, but talk to somebody if you have a bank account. Talk to somebody at your bank about the process of student loans and they will have tons of resources for you. That could again be very overwhelming, but instead of just completely writing it off or taking out more money than you actually need or not knowing how to do certain things or not wanting to talk to anybody, find as many experts in the field that, of finance and whatever that can help you get there because it might be a lot more attainable based off of like your income, your parents' income, or whoever is in charge of you, I guess. Like if you're a minor, their income, it could be a lot more attainable for you than you realize. So don't completely write it off. Um, And again, and also there's another aspect too. It's like don't completely write off options for you that might be more affordable. Like if you feel like, I know that I really want to get a four year degree, but I, it might make more financial sense for me. And Um, logistical sense for me because I don't really know what I want to do yet. Maybe I do start out at a smaller two-year school. And what does that look financially and how do I transition from that place into a university setting? Um, And how will that help me kind of figure out what I'm going to do? That's another thing, too. You really will not, if you choose to go to a four-year university, you're really not going to get into your discipline until you're an upperclassman in college right exactly college (laughs) so like don't feel again like i was saying before don't feel that pressure to pick out a major and stick to it or be super upset because you want to change the last minute um but like just know that there are so many so many so many different options for you in terms of how you want to work it especially today like in this day and age Yep.
0: I would say don't, I would I would piggyback off, off, off of what you said there. Don't shut your, mm-hmm. don't shut that door without doing all the research first.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, mm-hmm.
0: and go, uh, going back to what you said just a little bit ago too, um, if your option that you're going to take is to um, go to a two year, finish up some of your generals and then transfer to a four year, the people printing out the piece of paper at the end of your college degree and the people looking at the degree to, to decide whether or not to hire you, they're not looking to see where you took those classes. They're looking to mm-hmm. see that you got them done and did what you needed to do to earn that piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So, again, don't feel ashamed if you do make the decision to <clears throat> go to a two-year, finish up your generals, and then transfer after you figured it out. Honestly, that's a really smart thing to do because mm-hmm. you, you might learn – more about yourself than you realize by taking that process Mm -hmm. every part of going to college is a learning process
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: not just in the classroom
1: definitely and you might find yourself on the opposite scale of the spectrum in terms of there are a lot of people like growing up going to concord or going up but going to concordia um let's say that you or any other type of school like Concordia I lovingly call a cult a lot of times because it's there's so much people some of the people including my family like my aunt went there my grandma went there like it's a generational school similarly like you might be listening to this and your family went to like UND and your father and your grandfather and his grandfather are all part of the Phi Delta fraternity so or something like that or if you come from a school Line of people where you all went to Dartmouth or you all went to like a school that holds a lot of like you know your alma mater song and you know um, that is part of your familial pride. <laughs> if you feel like you're, I don't want to say trapped, but sometimes parents and families put a lot of expectations on. I was not in this situation, my family was like, do whatever you want. Um, But sometimes families, when it's like the tradition of the family, like, oh, everybody went to this school. So you're going to go. Don't feel like you have to do that either. And if you feel like you're in that position or if your family owns a business, like let's say your mom is an engineer or an architect or something or whatever, or your dad is a lawyer and they want to hand it down to you and they want you to be this, guidance counselors and academic advisors too are people that come into play when it's like you know i don't want to do those things not that they're not cool but i want to find my own path don't be afraid to bring a third party adult into those conversations right because i think adults especially i don't have children at this point in my life but especially if you have children and you had such a positive experience you want your child to have that experience too. And sometimes we're blinded by how our life experiences are. But like I said, like these advisors and these um, guidance counselors and people, even just a teacher from your school, if they can talk to someone in your family about like, well, here's some evidence that proves that such and such student would be really great in this area and they want to explore this thing, then definitely bring them into, an, wh- Peter and I think we have been saying this whole conversation, there's literally nothing to be ashamed of. People who have been doing this and helping students prepare for life after high school have been doing this for a really long time and they've seen everything. And you shouldn't be ashamed. The best thing you can do, even if it has, even if you have no idea what you want to end up doing as your career is just be your authentic self and be open about not knowing the answers and be open about wanting to ask questions because then you'll get the authentic answers and um, solutions that you actually genuinely need.
0: Right. Use all the resources at your disposal to make the best decision for you and what you think you you want your life to be.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Well, unless we have any other big topics to hit for this conversation, I feel like that's a good place for us to end for today.
1: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Um, just a couple of notes. Um, I want to plug our website and our social media again. Mm-hmm. So you can you can find out more about what we're doing by going to nlpulse.com. There you will find mm-hmm. several resources, including links to videos and articles, other useful podcasts, testimonials, and many others. You can also find us on several social media outlets. Look for us on at NL Pulse on Facebook, at nl underscore pulse on Twitter, and at Northern Lights Pulse on Instagram. And just to leave you with a little bit of a thought of the day today, uh, we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, and it's kind of been bulleted throughout the entire conversation. But some things that I just want you to think about are that some statistics say that 80% of people that go to college change their majors at least once. And on average, students change majors three times over their college career. Now, I fit into both of those things because I changed my major three times. I had four different mm-hmm. majors. Plus, mm-hmm. I went back to school again and got a, a fifth. Ma- headed. So I, I've, I definitely fit within these statistics myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why I bring it up here at the end is just because you go into college thinking you're going to do one thing or just because you go into any life situation thinking it's going to be a certain way, doesn't mean that that's the way that's going to be right for you in the end. So allow yourself the grace and the compassion to make the decisions that are best for you, given the information that you have.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: All right. And with that, my name is Peter.
1: And I'm Rachel.
0: And we will see you next time.